As I was seeking the Lord about tonight and praying about what to share, I really sensed the Lord said, stay with being filled with the Spirit because we haven't all got in the groove yet. And say, well, Pastor, let's teach something else. Well, maybe as soon as we start doing what we've been hearing, the Lord will lead us to do something else. I mean, it would it'd be a waste of time. It would be a waste of seven weeks. I think we're on our seventh, seventh, sixth or seventh week now. It would be a waste of six or seven weeks if we didn't put it into practice. You know, hearing, hearing the Word is not what gets us the victory. Doing the Word is what gets us the victory. So just, you know, I want to ask you a question. How, many, how often are you filled with the Spirit? How do you know? See, see what, what, I'm, what I'm coming up with in my studies here is that you can be saved, born of the Spirit, but that doesn't mean you're living a Spirit-filled life. You can have had an initial infilling of the Spirit years ago and spoken tongues, but still not be maintaining a Spirit-filled life today. And so how are you going to even know if you are filled with the Spirit if we don't know what being filled with the Spirit is practically? Right. You know, how, how do you, I mean, when it said in the early church in Acts chapter 6, Peter and the leaders of the church said, you know, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Well, when he said that, I thought, being filled with the Spirit must be recognizable. Right. Or why say, look for these people among all the people. Right. Look for people that are, you know, Good reputation, honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Well, it must be recognizable. Or who would, how would they know who to go to? Right. Why would you say, look out? Why not just say, look out for seven men? Don't even, don't even worry about being filled with the Spirit. Every believer is filled with the Spirit. No, they're not. So I wonder, what, what were they looking for? If you were told tonight, I want you to, pastor says, would you please find three people filled with the Holy Spirit to attend on in this certain project in the church? What would you be looking for? What would you be looking for scripturally? Like, okay, the scripture says this about being filled with the Spirit. What would you say, okay, you're filled with the Spirit. You're not today. You're not. You are. You're not. Okay, and you are. What, what would determine that? Huh? What kind of fruit? Fruit of the Spirit? Interesting thought, isn't it? So I believe the Lord's been helping us. I mean, he's, he's been showing us some things about... One of the ways you can tell what somebody's filled with... I'll just share this with you. One of the ways you can tell somebody's filled with the Spirit is they have a glow about them. And they always want to talk about the things of God. Are you following me? Now, the scripture I have to back that up is Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. So if you have an abundance of the fullness of the Spirit in your heart, you're going to want to talk about what you're filled with. And, you know, you may be filled with the Spirit in the morning and not in the nighttime, depending right. on if you let things drain you or if you chose to get filled with something else and push out the, what you got in the morning. And, and I want to say a couple things to you tonight that I, probably provoke your thinking, kind of like they did my thinking, but um, I'm, some of the things I'm not going to ask you, I'm just going to, I'm going to speak to you. Um, don't wait till you need Spirit-filled living power to be filled with the Spirit. 
because getting filled is not being filled. You know what I mean? Some people at the last minute, the problem slaps them upside the face and then they start doing whatever they can do to get filled with the Spirit. A little late. That's why I, I like what even Brother Hagin said. A lot of times the Lord will lead you to be filled with the Spirit a little higher than normal because He knows something's coming your way, either a challenge against you or an opportunity to minister in a very challenging situation and you're going to need the fullness of the Spirit to even get uh, results in that area. So let me just ask you, let me say a couple things to you. You don't know how important it is to be filled with the Spirit until you need to be filled with the Spirit. <laughs> right? Well, I don't know, being filled with the Spirit, it's, it's cool, it's nice, but, but you really don't know how vital it is until a day comes when you need that Spirit-filled living life already in manifestation. If you wait to be filled until you need filled, you're too late. Don't wait for something to happen to force you to be filled with the Spirit. All right, turn to Ephesians 5. Let's look at the scripture here, Ephesians 5.18. Don't wait for something to happen to force you to be filled with the Spirit to decide, ooh, I better take this Spirit-filled living seriously. That's not cool. It's kind of like faith. Don't wait to get faith till you need faith or you'll be too late. Faith is like this. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Faith is supposed to be growing, the book of Thessalonians says. Exceeding growing faith. And you can't force growth. If you want strong faith next year, I suggest you start doing some different things this year. So, in Ephesians 5. Now, I want to show you this scripture out of the King James. Then we're going to look at the God's Word translation. So, the King James says... Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, one of the ways you could read this, and it's perfectly in line with the original text, is don't be drunk with wine, be drunk with the Spirit of God. You can get so filled with the Spirit of God that you look different, sound different, cares just go out the window. I mean, it's, it's, it's the kind of drunk that's okay. <laughs> All right, this is the kind of get so filled with God that He's more in control of your actions than you are. You talk about 100% results in praying for others, success, believing God for your own personal life. How many know when you're filled with alcohol, something else is controlling your words and your actions? Right? That's called out of control. That's called letting something of the world and the enemy control you. But when you're filled with God to that level, it's now more God living through you than you just doing your own thing. And this is why the Lord wants us filled with the Spirit. He never called us to preach the gospel to all the world in our own power. He never called us to turn the world upside down just in our own born-again experience. God never intended the church just be saved. If that was it, then why give us the Holy Spirit? Why say be filled with the Spirit? Now, this is interesting because if you read this verse, you have to ask yourself, who's he talking to? He's talking to every believer in the church at Ephesus. This is not written to pastors only. This is not written to leaders in the church. This is written to every believer. Read chapter 1 and you'll see that. So every believer is admonished. Every believer, every heaven-bound, born-again Christian is admonished. Be filled with the Spirit. So obviously, being born again doesn't mean you're filled with the Spirit. I didn't say the Holy Spirit, there wasn't a work of the Holy Spirit in your life, but that's different than the infilling and overflowing of the Holy Spirit on you and through you. This is a huge deal. This is, this is a bigger deal 
than most Christians realize and feel in their minds. Being filled with the Spirit is a huge, huge deal to Jesus. Big deal. Um, let me read this. I'm going to read verse 17 through verse 20 out of the God's Word translation. This is a really good literal translation. And so if you have that up there, let's go ahead and put up the GWT translation. I'm sure you probably have the copy and paste it. Can you all read that? <laughs> Woo! Boy! So this is the GWT translation. He said, so don't be foolish. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. But understand what the Lord wants. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to wild living. Instead, be filled with the Spirit by recite. You see that word by? Be filled with the Spirit by doing this. Be filled with the Spirit by saying things. Now, the initial filling, the initial filling, you know, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, the initial filling... The Bible says they were filled and they spoke with other tongues. They prophesied. They magnified God. They were filled and they spoke. That's the initial filling. We call it, right, being filled with the Holy Ghost with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. When you're filled with the Spirit, there's an overflow. Here he's saying we maintain a Spirit-filled life by continuing to speak divinely inspired utterances. Psalms, spiritual songs, hymns. For your own good, sing and make music to the Lord with your hearts. Always thank God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about maintaining a spirit-filled life by continuing to speak divinely inspired utterances. And you'll see from other scriptures, and you'll even see in this verse, if you look deep enough, that this also includes other tongues. Because you can sing in other tongues. The Bible says you can sing in the Spirit, you can sing with the understanding. And it's totally up to you when you do that. So, I thought that was interesting that he said one of the ways you're filled with the Spirit is by speaking, reciting or speaking psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. He's not talking here about psalms of David or hymns out of a hymnal. They didn't have hymnals back then. He's talking about things we're supposed to be getting in our own private time with God at home. And sometimes you'll be able to bring those things to church and edify the entire church, just like a psalm of David edifies everybody. A psalm we get at home can edify everybody if we bring it to church. And a psalm doesn't have to be sung. Singers would obviously sing a psalm, but psalms can be chanted or spoken. And these are things that the church has, we can't lose as young people. Please don't lose this part of Christianity. This is a huge deal. Speaking in tongues, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This is a huge deal. Yeah. Things that come out of here hot off the wire from God into your spirit and out of your mouth and into your room. Yeah. And you start hearing things with the help of the Lord that encourage you and bring you out of problems and bring you through tests and trials and overcome challenges. And then you bring these things to the church at times and release them when it's time and people get blessed. It's a huge, it's hearing from heaven. It's, it's like the, the, the hot wire, you know, the... What, the bat phone or what was it? The red phone? The hotline? The hotline. And so that's what, the, that's what he's talking about here. Getting things from heaven and speaking them out in the earth. Other tongues, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Now, let's do this. Let's go to the scriptures in Acts chapter 1. 
How many, we're not going to wait for something bad to happen, right? Before we take being filled with the Spirit seriously. I've said this throughout the teachings and now in the previous series that we've gone through. That there's a lot of people in jail today, Christians in jail, in prison, because the morning of the crime, they obviously were not filled with the Spirit. They didn't get in the Word. They weren't praying in tongues. They weren't worshiping God. Temptation came their way, got a hold of them. They messed up, committed a crime, and now they're behind bars, some for life. Well, obviously, they were not taking the admonition of be filled with the Spirit seriously the morning of their crime. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, not only do you not commit crimes, you don't want to commit crimes, even if the temptation is severe. Being filled with the Spirit, how many marriages would still be together today if the two were filled with the Spirit when the challenges of life came against them? Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you don't care about getting your own way. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're, you're filled with the Spirit of love. You got power to overcome. You realize all these earthly things are small compared to where you're at at that moment. As a matter of fact, it, it says, um, be filled with the Spirit in verse 18 in Ephesians 5. A couple verses later, it says, start submitting to one another, husbands and wives. In other words, you better get filled with the Spirit because trying to do those admonitions without the fullness of the Spirit is probably going to be a little challenging. To really love your wives like Christ loved the church, you're going to need to be filled with the Spirit to do that, husbands. Right. Women, to submit. See, you're probably not even going to like the word submit until you're filled with the Spirit. <laughs> let alone submit. Right, wives? I mean, there's been abuse in these areas. We realize so it doesn't do away with the real either. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right? You drain the bathwater and take the baby and cuddle up and put in a blanket. <laughs> but... You, you really, you know, I mean, these things are important. I mean, you, you would avoid so many problems. I mean, when you're filled with the Spirit, you're stronger than when you're not filled with the Spirit. So when temptation or when adversity comes, you don't just buckle and faint. You overcome because now it's not you only. It's God in you helping you overcome something you could never overcome in your own power. And being filled with the Spirit, we, we don't want to make it mechanical. We don't want to make it like this, this wild being filled with the Spirit is simply walking so close to God every day in worship, in thanks, in hearing His Word, right? And praying in tongues and, and, and just living so close to the Lord where you're constantly in this area of being more filled with the thoughts of God than your own thoughts or the world's thoughts. You're more filled with His, his uh, impressions, His will, His intentions, His reasons, His purposes than just your own. And so now when you go to work, it's not just about making money. It's about being an influence for Jesus while you're doing really good on the job and making money. See, if we go to our job just to make money, we're missing out on life. We're here to be influencers for Jesus everywhere we go. And at the same time, do really well in certain careers and certain jobs. That, that's, that's totally cool. But, but if, if, if the job is more important to you than being an influence for the Lord, that could be a sign you're not walking a Spirit-filled life. You're saved, going to heaven, but it could be a sign you're really not maintaining a Spirit-filled life. And so I, if, if this is that important to Jesus, no wonder there's some opposition to it. We talked about opposition to living a Spirit-filled life. So turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And tonight, I thought that for the remaining time before we receive communion here, let's just talk for a minute about how to actually maintain a Spirit-filled life. And we saw already it's by reciting or speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. 
But now I want to show you a couple other things that you can do to maintain a daily spirit-filled life. And in the day we're living in church, I wish I could say this is the easiest thing in the world, but today there's all kinds of things wanting your attention. And here's the, here's the problem. A lot of them are okay things. It's just they're keeping you from the best things. I'm sorry I said that. No, I'm not. Acts chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to go over a couple things we said a few weeks ago. Look at verse, uh, Acts chapter 1, let's see, verse 4. And we're going to read a few verses here. And being assembled together with them, Jesus, this is after he had risen from the dead, but not yet ascended to the Father. Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. This is referring to John 14, 15, and 16, where he started teaching about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in verse 5, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Now, when he said baptized with the Holy Ghost, he's talking about the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is not once filled, always filled. You don't need an initial filling again, but you do need to do some things to drink again and to maintain a spirit-filled life. All right, so you don't need a brand new initial baptizing in the Holy Ghost, but you do need to do some things to maintain a spirit-filled life after you're initially baptized in the Holy Ghost. So when he said, he's, he's saying it again right here, he said, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so they're, they're hearing him, you know, oh, Jesus, that's cool, Holy Ghost, yeah, that's cool, baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days from now, cool. But Jesus, we got something on our mind here. He says, it says, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it's not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. And he gets right back on the Holy Spirit. They wanted to talk about something else, and Jesus said, not right now, guys. The most important thing you need to, we need to talk about right now is this Holy Spirit it's coming from the Father, coming on you, and giving you power. Do you see that here? They're wanting to talk about the, the kingdom of Israel being restored, but Jesus said, that's not the most important thing right now. And we may think right now tonight, this is not the most important thing, Pastor. I'd like to hear some other things. Well, I believe Jesus is saying this is the most important thing right now. So many of his dear children have fallen and been hurt in life and some destroyed because they simply were not taking serious the admonition be filled with the Spirit. And so I know why Jesus, when he appeared to Brother Hagin in that vision for three hours in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1987, said the number one thing the Lord emphasized in that three-hour visitation was that he wanted all his people in these last days to be filled with the Spirit. Well, when he said that, I thought, well, that's cool, but it wasn't, wasn't that exciting to me. It wasn't like I thought that was the most important thing the Lord should have said. But I'm not the Lord. He knows the future. He knows what's coming our way. And I found out ever since I heard that prophecy in 1987, up till this day right now, he was right. Think about, think of that. Jesus was right. <laughs> He's always right. He knew the last days were going to be intense. He knew these last days were going to be uh, vicious against the church and against believers. He knew that. And he also knew that the Holy Spirit is more than enough 
for anything that would try to come against us in these last days. He loves us. That's why he keeps talking about the Holy Spirit. So he said, listen, guys, all these things about the, you know, the, the seasons that the Father has in his own power. Here's what you need to think about. You'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Can you see the Lord's excited about this here? Yeah. You shall receive power. Anybody like that phrase? You shall receive power. Oof. There's one thing local church services lack today. It's power. Got some good words. Got some motivational stuff. Got some great music. We need power, guys. We need power coming back into the church like never before. These last days are calling for people. There are people in trouble today. As much as I'd like to wish just, you know, a few words and a few pats on the back would help them, they're going to need some power. These days are very interesting that we're living in. We have got to have the power of God. And it doesn't just happen because we're doing our own thing and doing good things. It's happened because we're hearing from heaven and doing what he tells us to do. You know, everybody in this room, probably already up to now, but for sure in the future, you and I, we're going to need the power of God someday. It's going to be so cool that we've already got it in our church when that day comes. Then trying to conjure it up, you know, or stir it up or... Oh, so-and-so just got hit with this. So we start praying as fast as we can. It'd be really cool if the power is already there and we didn't even need to pray. And just speak the word of deliverance. And bam, things clear up. Things get fixed. So uh, let me show you just a couple more scriptures here. And then we're gonna, I want to pray for something tonight, too, before we go. But um, go to, jump down to verse... Let's see here. Just look here at verse... Now go to chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So they're all in the upper room. Peter, James, and John, and a bunch of them are actually living there because the Lord told them to go wait to be endued with power from on high. So they're like living there. Their whole life changed. Somebody must have been taking care of his business. And, but all these people are up there, about 120 of them in the room up there. And they are hungry. And they are praying. As a matter of fact, if you look at verse uh, 14 in chapter 1, it said, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So what are they doing? They are seeking God. They are hungry. They are praying. And chapter 2 says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What are they doing? They're in prayer and supplication. They're worshiping God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now when we see the word suddenly, we we see it here, but there was something happened before, something happening before the suddenly. Lots of prayer. Lots of consecration. Lots of seeking the Lord. I like to talk about what leads up to miracles, not just the miracles. I like to talk about what leads up to spectacular meetings where the power of God manifests and the glory of God appears and things happen that are supernatural. I like to talk about what leads up to those meetings. I like to talk about what was going on in the atmosphere before these things happened. Praise and worship, faith, hunger for the Word, studying the Scriptures. I mean, thank God for the miracles. Let's talk about the miracles, but we need to talk about what leads up to miracles. And if you look in verse 14 of chapter 1, we just read it, they were continuing, constant prayer and supplications. And then Acts chapter 2, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So you can be sitting and be blessed. Right? And there appeared unto them, so that means you can be blessed right this second. And it said, There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Whew! Anybody like that? Look at verse... 37 through 39, same chapter. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. And he's talking about being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues as well as being born again. And as many as the Lord our God shall call. That word call is invite, and he's invited everybody. Everybody's not responding, but everybody's invited to have this same life. So, can you see how their hunger helped them to get filled? I mean, you don't go live in an upper room and hang out there continually in prayer, hour after hour, day after day. This is like weeks before the day of Pentecost. They're hanging out. They're, they're, they've changed everything. They put their jobs on hold. They put everything on hold. These, these 120 were up in the upper room consecrating to God. They were so hungry. What happens to the hungry? Blessed are the hungry and thirsty after righteousness. Jesus said they're the ones that are going to get filled. It's like you have to almost get to the place where you create this spiritual hunger on the inside of you if you want the fullness of the Lord in your life. I found this out too. It's like the more you follow the Lord the more you want to follow the Lord. The less you follow the Lord, the less you want to follow the Lord, and the less important it seems to you. Isn't that interesting? You're going to have to take some steps against what you want to get what you really want. You know what I mean by that? You may not want to follow the Lord 100% right now, but if you'll take those steps and go against what you feel, You'll get into a zone to where, wow, I do want this, and then I want it more. And the more you follow the Lord, the more you want to follow the Lord. The more you live a Spirit-filled life, the more you want to live a Spirit-filled life. The less you live a Spirit-filled life, the less important you think it is, and the less you want it. So, go to Acts 10 quickly, Acts chapter 10. Can we say that if we want to maintain a Spirit-filled life, we're going to have to be hungry and thirsty for it? Mm-hmm. But what happens when you start going that direction? Now you are hungry and thirsty for it. And now it's actually fun and exciting and you're in a flow instead of just priming it again. All right. So Acts chapter 10. So everybody say hunger. Acts chapter 10. Peter's preaching to Cornelius and all his family and all these um, Gentiles. And in verse 34. Let's see, verse 44, for time's sake. Peter's preaching a great sermon. And he said, in, it says in verse 44, While Peter yet spoke these words, while Peter yet was preaching, what can happen during preaching? Can, can more than learning be taken place? 
what happened this day during this? Uh, Peter's preaching to a crowd, just like I'm preaching to a crowd right now. What happened this day? He said, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. You okay with that happening? Yeah. Can the Holy Ghost fall on you? Yeah. Fill you up? Well, how did it happen? What set the stage? What set the stage for the people to be filled with the Spirit? Peter was preaching powerfully, unreservedly about Jesus, the Anointed One, the Healer, the Deliverer, the Baptizer, and the Holy Ghost. He's firing away an anointed message and people right in the middle of his message, right in the middle of his preaching, got filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake with tongues and they magnified God right in the middle of his preaching. So what's a good way to maintain a Spirit-filled life? Hear good, anointed, powerful preaching and teaching every day. Even if it's 15, 20 minutes on your way to work and back. Just have, have time every day for some anointed. Now, Bible reading is different. That's good, too. But I'm talking about anointed preaching and teaching from people God's called you to sit under. I don't know if you realize this or not, but... There's some things God's going to give us only through those we're supposed to be connected with. Teachers and preachers. And, are you following me? Yeah. And I don't know if you're here for Keith Moore. I shared this, but a lot of times people will just start fasting and praying day after day after day to hear from God. If they just would have heard from the person they're supposed to listen to, they would have got what they needed in one hour instead of fasting and praying for three days trying to get what a sermon that God already had, them, had for them would do for them. You can get in one hour what you need from the Lord that three, four days of fasting and prayer would take you to get it any other way. Right. <laughs> I mean, think it's good not to fall behind right. in the messages we know we're supposed to be hearing. Right. You know, in my life as a teacher and a preacher, there's many times that I have heard things from my teachers and those that preach and teach to me that if I hadn't heard those things, my ministry to you would not have been close to what it was supposed to be. You would not have gotten fed. You would not have gotten answers if I didn't sit under the teachers and preachers I'm called to sit under. And even though I'm a preacher and a teacher and it comes out in that way, you will do way better on your job, way better as a husband, way better as a wife, way better as an employer or an employee. You'll do way better if you're hearing the sermons and messages you're supposed to be hearing from your God-appointed leaders in the Lord. Everything in your life will be so much better if you don't fall behind in the preaching and teaching you're supposed to be hearing. It's one of the reasons there's a lot of opposition to us going to church at times and hearing scriptures and hearing the word and putting on sermon tapes and our CDs or whatever they are today. All right, keep reading here. It said, he said, while Peter spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished and as many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So, how'd this happen? What's one way to get filled and what's one way to maintain a spirit-filled life? Hear anointed messages regularly. Aren't you glad for free archives? Our, our internet has. Thank the Lord let us to do it that way. We've got free archives. You can listen to the Word anytime you want, free of charge, and get stirred up again and get filled again. It's wonderful. Real quick. What time is it? Okay, real quick. Go to Acts. I'm sorry. 
Acts chapter 4, and we're going to close with this and pray something, and then we're going to take communion. Acts 4. So everybody say this. Hunger. That's how you maintain a spirit-filled life. Stay hungry. Number two, hear the anointed word regularly. All right, and number three here we're going to find out is prayer. Maintaining an on-fire regular prayer life will help you maintain a spirit-filled life. Look in Acts chapter 4. For time's sake, we'll only read verse 23 through a few more verses. Acts 4.23, it says, And being let go, they were just threatened by their leaders to not preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice. They came to their own company or their own church. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You have made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For of a truth against your holy child Jesus, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, they said, Behold their threatenings, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Notice, prayer is instrumental and helping you to be filled. These guys were already filled in Acts chapter 2, but they got filled again by being in an awesome group church prayer meeting that didn't hold back. Isn't that awesome? Hunger, hearing anointed word, right? Praying, especially with other believers. This is one of the ways to maintain a spirit-filled life. Read your Bible, pray, worship the Lord, sing praise songs. Hear anointed sermons. Get in prayer meetings when they're... Carla has a prayer meeting every Sunday at 9 o'clock in the youth room right here just before service. They set the atmosphere with powerful praying. You think I'm such a wonderful preacher at times. There's a lot of it's because the praying they're doing for the service that the power's here and it's easier to preach and teach. But one thing I want to pray for before we receive communion is I wanted to pray for the whole shooting down in El Paso. The survivors... I know you hit it on Sunday... But I wanted to join with uh, the prayer group on Sunday morning tonight. Let's just join our faith together. I'm going to pray a few things out. And we're going to believe God for supernatural healing and restoration and power. And a prevention of these things in the future. That angels would manifest on a higher level. That the power of God would stop these things before they happen. How many know we can be believing for these, these things? I said we can be believing. You know, you get what you believe for. Not just what God wants you to have. There are some scriptures the Lord told me to add to my my faith list. And one of them is, those that rise up against me will be smitten before my face. They that come against me one way will flee before me seven ways. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Their foot will will, will slip in due time. And their calamity will come upon them. These things have got to stop. But we're going to have to start believing some other scriptures if we're going to see some of these things in the area of divine protection. Uh Are you following me, church? So let's just, let's stand up if you would, please.